Hello, my friend. How are you? You look great today. So good to see you. Guess what? I'm all yours for your car ride, for your morning coffee, for... The music just swelled right there. I don't know why. Why did I do it? Oh, I'm so unpredictable. Hey, babe. Oh, life is, uh, there's so much going on right now. I've got to break this up, this up into a few different episodes. But the funny thing is, I, uh, it, whenever it was that I did my last uh, episode, I was all about Miss Maxine Waters reclaiming her fucking time. And guess what I didn't do? I didn't reclaim any of my time. My time was stolen. <laughs> I was robbed of my time by many different elements, but I'm not here to complain. I'm here to tell you about some some things, some some exciting things. But I'm going to get right into it uh, right now. Um, one thing that has uh, captured my time has been my mother and father. So this this one is about your parents. Um, your parents may be gone. I'm sorry. That totally sucks, and I don't know what I would do if my parents weren't here. Uh, some people never knew their parents. Some people grew up in a one-parent household. Some people lo have lost a parent to illness or maybe uh, lost a parent when they're young. Um, and I'm really sorry, because that sucks. It never not sucks, and it's always sad. These are the two things I always say about uh well, really any death. And we all know I'm terrified of death, but funerals and, and such. It's never not sad. When is it not sad? And it, it, uh, it nothing but sucks. Um, my parents, uh, and I've talked about them in the past, are amazing people. And um, they are, oh, God, HIPAA. <laughs> oh, I want to be so respectful of them. They are not who they used to be. And I, I, I want the message of this to, is, it's, here's the message. If your parents, if you're lucky enough, and I know that I'm, I'm privileged and lucky enough to have my parents in my life at their ages. Um, my dad's 79. My mom is 84. I'm lucky to be able to call them and have them pick up the phone. But they are not, they are, they're changing. Um, so if your parents are, are they changing? <laughs> I make it sound like it's like the invasion of the body snatchers. Has a pod been placed under their beds and they've emerged emotionless? Maybe. Um, no. Are they changing? Are they starting to change? Have they so shown no signs of change? Uh, I don't know. But the lesson here is once you're done listening to this podcast is to, uh, if you're lucky enough, be able to call your parents, tell them you love them, capture in your mind or in photo or record them speaking or telling stories. Um, because I'm going to tell you, it doesn't last. And um, things are happening rapidly with my family. And um, so the first thing I want to do is I wanted to just read some old blogs, uh, one about my mom and one about my dad, just so you can kind of get to know them um, as they were. And then when I say as they were, I don't mean in 1945. I really mean like seven years ago. But uh, I did some writing about them and uh, they're just fucking fantastic people. So I want you to get to know them and maybe it'll inspire you to write about your parents or just sit down with them and look them in the eye and talk to them and just appreciate where they are. Because as Pink has said in an amazing song that I can't play for you here, lest I get sued and taken to jail, these are the good old days. I will look back on these days and say, man, we had it good then. We were doing this, this, and this, and, and we sure aren't doing that shit now. So these are the good old days. This is it. So I'm going to start with talking to you about my mom right before she had uh, her, her very first in her life surgery when she was about 
2012, uh, uh, 77. Okay, so I'm going to take you back in time. July 12th, 2012. I didn't think that my mother was nervous about her back surgery until I went over to my parents this morning to help her get ready. As soon as I walked in, I noticed that she had post-it notes planted all over the fucking place. Written on each post-it in the multi-font penmanship that is not the sign of a quiet mind was no food or drink after 12 o'clock midnight, exclamation point. They were all over the place. Mirrors, the fridge, at every sink, and in this stern, kind of weird, cursive, all-caps mashup that I've never seen in tandem. Ah, shit. She's nervous. Not known for eating or drinking bacchanalia after midnight, my mom must have been jittery and planted these babies in what she considers danger zones. I asked her, Mom, what's up with all the post-its? She told me she tried to stick them to the faucets last night, but when she woke up, she found them in the sink. I asked her, Mom, are you nervous? No, she said. My mom is brave, and I never knew it. Today, I have learned that my mother, Gracie, has an unflinching and calm side to her that I have never seen. I am sitting in the waiting room where my mother has been numbered 99481. We are tracking her surgical journey on a large screen hanging above our heads in this bleak waiting area. Surgery is now in progress. At 77 years old, my mother has never had major surgery or anesthesia. Can you believe that? This is all new to her and to us. Where her health is concerned, she has led a charmed life until about five years ago. Her back went from starting to hurt to agonizing pain that wore her out and sometimes made her cry. Sitting or standing for too long can cause stabbing pains for her. And oh, when laying down too, she never knows when it's going to happen. Since my mother isn't prone to headstands, agony while standing, sitting and laying pretty much covered all the time. She decided to have surgery to remove a vertebrae or two and fuse together what's left. I sort of want the screen to read, major fucking surgery on your very brave mother is now in progress, but then that wouldn't be, um, there wouldn't be enough room for all the other patients' information. So this morning I had to wash my mom's hair with this pre-op antibacterial shampoo with a shitty name like hibiscotane or something, trying to make it sound beautiful when in reality it stinks. Hibiscotane. Off of her pain meds for surgery, it's too painful for her to lift her arms over her head. Poor Mishkina. When I was a little boy, she used to wash my grandmother's hair over the sink just like this. Cut to me freaking out about my mom getting old. While I was blowing it dry, she reminded me that she had two cowlicks, so if you could try to hide them, honey, she'd appreciate it. And give it some height! I snapped the dryer off and reminded her, um, Mom, you're having surgery today. No one gives a shit about your hair, and you're going to come out a hot mess anyways. Then I proceeded to hide her cowlicks with artful teasing. At the hospital, she was in with the nurses and anesthesiologists for like two hours before we could see her. At least that's what the screen told us. When they finally called us back to see her, she was all little and cute and wearing her little surgical cap. I did the told you so dance just a little. I asked, Mom, are you nervous? No. My back hurts a little, that's all. I started to think about it. If they were about to open up my back, remove two vertebrae, and fuse shit together with cages and rods, I would be pooping myself. A lot. Not my Gracie. She just looked as adorable and smiley as ever. I watched her as she watched the pre-op hubbub, and she was being honest. I was studying her for a teardrop or a trembling lip. Anything. Nothing. 
Each nurse and attendant that came to her little corner that asked her what she was having done got quite a lengthy surprise when this cutie patootie busted out medical minutia that would put most MDs to shame. Mom, back surgery. Just say, back surgery. The lumbar laminectomy with the L4 and 5 removal spiel takes up too much time. I'm almost convinced she delayed her own surgery by about an hour and 15 minutes, but I can't be sure, just by talking. When the doctor came to see us, she asked one kajillion questions about her mystery blood type and the missing lab results and best practices in hand washing. Not shitting you on that one. I gave the doctor a once over and whispered to my dad, he seems sober, right? <laughs> then I shot Gracie a look, the same type of look she used to shoot me when I was going too far as a kid. She obeyed. I was proud. Just when they were about to wheel her into the surgery room, we kissed her goodbye, and I thought, now this is when I'll see fear in her eyes. Prepare for it, pal. Here it comes. Oh, God. I looked into her eyes, and I saw breathtaking aplomb, quiet calm, and a bright smile. Mom, you're so brave. You are so brave. That's all I could manage to say as I turned my head to cry and walk away. My mom freaks out when the towels are crooked or she's overcharged five cents on her phone bill. She loses it when there's a scratch on the kitchen floor she can't get out and when she can't remember which Nicholas Sparks book she's yet to read. None, by the way. She's read them all. When it comes to little things, the small stuff, she sweats it. Hardcore. I never dreamed that when it came to the big stuff, she would be so strong and incredibly fearless. I guess I didn't give her enough credit. Please know how impressed I am with my mother as I sit here staring at the screen that still reads, Surgery Now in Progress. She's a kick-ass chick, and I never knew it. She's got stones. Grace Doyle, warrior princess. I love my mother more than my heart can hold. She never says an unkind word about anyone, ever. And she can find the positive in even the most bleak situation. I should be more like her. She's my angel. Today I can add unafraid, plucky, and courageous to the long list of adjectives I've always used to describe my mother. I am intergalactically impressed by her. I'm beyond proud to come from such lion-hearted stock. I really had no idea. Who knew she was apparently fearless? Sure as shit, not me. I'm so proud of her today. She's my hero. So now, uh, seven years later, uh, she is different. She is, is not this person. And as I wrote it and I read it to you, I think about my mom um, now. My mom has uh, mild to becoming moderate Alzheimer's. Uh, and her Alzheimer's creates uh, lots of confusion and panic. Uh, and with that panic comes um, disorientation, heart, her heart races, um, she cries, she gets very uh, dramatic. And these episodes, I call them episodes, are becoming more frequent, two or three a day. And um, I don't know what's next for her. Uh, I just know that she's scared. And uh, it's nice to look back at a time where she was a kick-ass chick. I'm sure that kick-ass chick is what keeps her going, uh, even when she is really terrified. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna keep her around probably for longer than than we could imagine. So, uh, so that's my mom, Gracie, and then there's my dad, Sean Senior, or Big Sean, as he's often been called. 
So this this blog entry was written the same year, 2012, uh, but in October. My dad and I were driving to Florida. My mom flew down. They used to stay uh, in Florida for six months out of the year, uh, the winter, and then come back for the summer. So that was their jam at the time. This one uh, was called My Pa. Look, y'all, I'm driving to Florida with my pop. Want enough blog fodder for a thousand blogs? Drive across the country with one of your parents and frantically try to remember all the pure fucking gold the situation effortlessly churns out. My head is ready to explode. It seems that I, of the metaphorical road trip, am on a real one. And during the storm of the century, by the way. My parents spent all winter in a magical place called Spring Hill, Florida, home of the Wikiwachi mermaids. Don't get too excited. They are in a gated community called Timber Pines, where there is nary a timber nor a natural pine for hundreds of miles. Think Del Boca Vista Phase 2. The Seinfelds and Costanzas could easily be their neighbors. Golf carts and American flags reign supreme in tea pines. My parents rent as opposed to own, and in the caste system of timber pines, they don't cater to renters. So it's terrifying, but they love it. You must be 55 even to glance at a bungalow, that's what they're called, and when a spouse passes on into those great pines in the sky, these people do not wait a hot minute to get remarried. My dad said that Timber Pines is like Peyton Place with people sneaking into other people's houses for nookie. What? Do they cheat on each other? I asked in horror. No, they just wait for them to die, my dad even referred to one minx as the Marilyn Monroe of Timber Pines. Can you even stand it? The Marilyn Monroe of Timber Pines. In the luxurious seat where my mother had sat for the last 10 years in the giant Buick LeSabre Limited, you can now find me. My mom will fly out in a few days. The trip is too much for her now that her back surgery is done. So, Sean Doyle Jr., say hello to the next 20 years of your life. Oh, God, if only... I call my parents very white, very special, and somehow very limited. Did they make like 10 edition Buick LeSabres, the Millennium Falcon? This fucker is huge. Don't tire yourself out searching for the speed gauge to see how fast the Falcon is tooling. There is a mystical haunted mansion-ish floating speedometer. It's like Pepper's ghost trick. Beware of hitchhiking speedometers. It's so Pepper's ghost. I don't want to figure out how fast to get these wipers going. Look, wipers that scare the fucking shit out of you when they know to go faster. Wait, are we talking about wipers? I just about jumped out of my skin when these things started up. They know when it's raining. So we did a dry run of packing the trunk with my mother's well-worn diagram she uses every year. My mother and her dry runs. My job, when I return to plug the battery of their Chevy Cobalt into the charger, my mother must have asked 30 times if I understood how to plug it in. Uh, 41, I am. Honey, are your golf clubs in the back seat? She literally shrieked at my dad. Yep, and my balls are in the trunk. Set up, and then a deadpan B. Arthur, my mother quipped dryly. I'm sorry to hear that. Punchline! See, even in her packing mania, she still has time for ball jokes. Gracie's still got it. The Falcon left at 7 a.m. in the dark and rainy and nasty morning, storm of the century. We weren't out of the driveway before this happened. Dad, how's your vision in the rain? Not good, <laughs> he said. Um, okay, the start of a ridiculously fun trip. 
I love my dad. I'll shout it. I love my dad. He is wise and kind and good and patient. The shit my dad says ranges from powerful to petrifying. He's softened since the days of trust no one. That was one of his favorites. Ah, that one is on a reel and just replays over and over in my head. Fun. He spans the spectrum of advice from the pragmatic, always tell the truth, to the sublimely brilliant, how you do anything is how you do everything, to the completely made up. I read a study that almost 70% of Americans are ignorant. (laughs) I've learned that he has a... It's probably more now. I learned that he has a secret love for the song, I am woman. It's cool, he said, even though admittedly the line, I am just an embryo, leaves him unsettled. When I broached the topic of Eric and I adopting, I couldn't read his face until he smiled and said, just keep in mind, I've always wanted a granddaughter. Dad, I love you. To quote the late lecturer, Randy Posh, I won the parent lottery. I won it and I won it big. I'm lucky to have someone like him in my back pocket. Pennsylvania welcomes you. We We made it. We counted down one, two, three, yay! But when we yelled, it was clear that neither of us could give a shit. Then we made it to West Virginia. Wild and wonderful! For days, my wise father has had a goal of getting through the mountains before dark. Could anything be more foreboding? Oi, enough about these mountains already. When it came to one, two, three, yay, West Virginia, all I could think of was the fucking mountains live here. Then the conversation went from what would you do's like, what if the car burst into flames, get the fuck out of it? Or what if you faced a head-on collision, hard break, hard right, to the worst ways to die? Light, lighthearted. The here's what to do if your mother and I die, God forbid at the same time talk, wasn't far behind. All I could do was look at the Sacred Heart of Jesus medal, that's now paper because the Roman Catholic Church is broke, my father told me, and try to remember the prayer. Give me a steady hand and a something hard so that something, something as we travel something. Not helping was my dad with this is an area notorious for terrible fog and people come from all over to this bridge. It's a famous bridge. They jump off this bridge, he told me. He didn't add that it's for bungee jumping till about two hours later. I just pictured the sad and lonely hurling themselves off of it like lemmings. As it poured, we listened to the guitar wizardry of Les Paul and Mary Ford, look them up, and we passed those runaway truck runoffs. Oh, Jesus, please don't let me be around when this happens. Often when trucks were spraying blinding water at us, my father would bust out with, I got to pass this truck before it destroys me. (laughs) Comforting. Here's what. Ain't nothing skeevier than a West Virginia rest stop. Each time we got out to rest, I prayed that I'd see a bonafide lot lizard in action. Look that one up. It's all I had to get me through. That and Les Paul. Welcome to North Carolina. My pa and I hit our emotional wall at Fancy Gap, North Carolina. Ugh, that name. It almost sounds dirty, but taint no thing. We just stopped talking, which was totally okay. We'll talk tomorrow when we finish the trip. We hit a wall. That's one of the best parts of me and my dad. We talk a blue minute and then aren't afraid to be silent either. Just him being there makes it all okay. He made the mountains I drove through less foreboding, just like he has every other mountain I've had to climb. See that? See what I did there? He took white knuckles and held them tightly. He is eloquent and silly and beautiful. He is a man I would follow into battle. Many would. This time with my pa is invaluable. 
My pa is the finest friend I ever knew. I only wish that you could know him too. Uh, that is uh, a line from a Barbra Streisand song for all the heterosexual <laughs> listeners who didn't grow up listening to the song My Pa, which I would play here, of course, but I can't. Um, but there's a great line or a, a great thing. My pa can do most anything he sets his mind to do. He'd even move a mountain if he really wanted to. So that's that. So part two of this was called Two for the Road. Things you didn't know about my dad may include that he grew up virtually alone, raising himself from the time he was about six years old. Yeah. Since my grandparents were, shall we say, to be kind, neglectful, he answered to no one and figured it out for himself. He joined the seminary at 15. It was an escape from hitchhiking and dine and dash antics with my grandmother. Uh, my roistering grandfather had left them long before. He has fought for and earned every single thing he has today. Most importantly, his peace of mind. He can also answer the phone through his hearing aid, which he can still do today. <laughs> Once he answered the phone without even knowing it. Neat. Things you may know about my dad include that he loves the rich orchestrations and the instrumental wizardry of the 1960s band leaders and at top volume. This is a niche for sure. Conductor Ray Conniff is at the head of this posse. This gang really, and they have all assaulted me by this point. Stanley Black, Percy Faith, Nelson Riddle are all gang members and pianists like Ferrani and Teicher and Peter Nero are Conniff's minions. Chipper, bouncy renditions of songs like Lara's theme and yes, tonight, Josephine, fill the Falcon. There's even a seven minute instrumental of MacArthur Park. Seven fucking minutes. You may be thinking, how did I go through my entire life without learning any of those words? Words like Mitch Miller and the Fred Waring singers were ones I teethed on. I've been hearing them my entire life. Um... Two for the Road is a great one. As we drove, we alternated books on tape and my, my dad's mid-century composer CDs. Each song hand-picked by Papito. The composer my dad and I both love is Henry Mancini. Moon River, The Days of Wine and Roses, Two for the Road. I bask in his melodic arrangements. I can get behind Henry Mancini. Uh, a line from it is, if you're feeling fancy free, come and travel the world with me. Oh, I can't get enough. Imagine the jaunty elephant walk playing as my father said things like, there were many times your mother and I were almost killed making this trip. <laughs> we I'm just going to read that one more time. <laughs> there were many times your mother and I were almost killed making this trip. <sighs> Great. We set off for phase two of our road trip, and suddenly I got all interrogator with my dad, as if, as if this was his last chance to impart any wisdom Advice in short order, always lift with your legs, accept your partner for exactly who they are, or get out. There's no such thing as a fun drunk. That's another one. So that, those were three things. Always lift with your legs, accept your partner for exactly who they are, or get out. And there's no such thing as a fun drunk. We talked about how incredibly sensitive I was as a kid and how incre incredibly sensitive I am uh, as a man, still to this day. Welcome to South Carolina. Wow, we've really gone far. In addition to this car, which is, by the way, the length of about five football fields, there are hidden scares within. The keys know who is driving, and since these are my father's keys, the fucker readjusts the seat and mirrors to his specs every single time we switch drivers. <laughs> really? You don't know me? 
Don't you know me, Falco? It's me, Shawnee. Every bloody time I get in, it does know what temp I like it at, though, so that's nice, but come on. It's so comfortable, in fact, one could fall asleep at the wheel. My mother asked me to please keep your father awake. Apparently once in like 1979, his eyes shut and she's all over his ass to stay awake. Since I am a safe driving instructor and queue up terrible short films with elusive titles like Rusty's Regret and Almost Home, I am a wreck about drowsy driving. To this day, still a wreck. So I stared at my father for about five hours, <laughs> watching only his eyelids. If they even thought about going to half-mast, I was all, Dad, tell me some more about being poor. And it worked. In lieu of the tedious welcome to sign, the peach state swung it like this. We're glad you have Georgia on your mind. Hey, I don't. Don't presuppose that I'm all into this Georgia. Maybe I'm here against my will. This state is where car towing, uh, cars towing huge boats are available for a delicate game of road chicken. We wove in and out of the way as monstrosities called nice and easy tried to end our lives. Okay, so let's cars towing huge boats. Fuck you, nice and easy. There was also a boat called the Ahoy Vey. <laughs> Ahoy Vey, see what they did there? And the classy passing wind. What's your name and position? We are passing wind. Good one. Ugh. Between orchestral dazzlings, we listened to many a book on tape. The Last Lecture, which I recommend, by Randy Posh. Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Miracle on the 17th Green by the very devil himself. In 41 years on this earth, I have only read books, not had a book read to me by way of slickly packaged, abridged narration. Here's the thing. When the CD starts and ends, they play this books on tape music. It's generic and jolly, and no matter what the topic. Think, are they still an addict guitar solo on A&E's Intervention? Remember they used to play that guitar music before they told you what had happened? The Steve, Job books, Steve Jobs book was missing the music on a few of the one million CDs it took to tell the story. I became a slave to this music, and without it, I didn't know where I was. Wait, why are they talking about the Apple 11? We're on the Macintosh. The sad thing is, I didn't know I'd heard it before and just re-listened to the whole thing. The switch the fucking CD lazy-ass music is essential for books on tapes. It's like the wrapping it up music in a Ken Burns documentary. Imperative. Okay, get ready. One, two, three, yay! Welcome to the Sunshine State! Um, once known only for elegant underwater ballet, <laughs> they now clean up your half-eaten hot dogs and filthy napkins, too. Uh, that's a little something that uh, applies to Wikiwachi Springs, home of the mermaids. Let's just cut it right to the mermaids. The only thing about Spring Hill, Florida, not exactly Obama country, by the way, that sets it apart is the natural springs and the mermaids. This is where my parents stay for six months out of the year. Wikiwachi Springs was once a destination, and since the 1940s, it has dazzled America with its underwater mermaid show. Esther Williams shot a film here, really putting it on the map. In the 1940s. Now it's sad and tired, but they preserve, persevere, and according to my father, being a mermaid at Wikiwachi is more of a prestige position. That's why they take the job for minimum wage. Oh, okay. Uh, once my dad said that he saw a mermaid from the show uh, Bussing Tables with wet hair. 
How low can one go? So the mermaids also doubled as bussers. At a recent reunion, mermaids from the past came together to delight one and all. Well, one and a few more. Dad said there were more mer than maid. <laughs> Some of them, they were more mer than maid? Although he couldn't quite explain what he meant, I got it. Rode hard and put away wet, almost literally. Hey, Dad? Who, by God, is the audience for a weeky-watchy mermaid reunion show? Lordy B, big elderly ones with cans of Coors. Can you picture these hagalas in one piece sitting on a rock sipping beer? These are the mermaids. Maybe that's only what I picture. That's my Florida. Old hag mermaids <laughs> drinking Coors. Spring Hill. We have finally arrived at our destination. My dad and I talked for a good long while about my storied drinking and why I just don't drink. My grandpa Jack, his father, was a notorious charmer. He was a singer, fabulist, and sadly, a sloppy drunk. He'd sing to my dad all laxadrunksical, and it made my father even angrier than if he were violent. They made amends for past hurts, and, um, we, and my dad and I made amends for past hurts as well. And I shared my plans to create my own family. Uh, may it be half as loving as the one he has created for me. Then... My dad said, well, as long as we're coming, <laughs> I can't even read this shit without laughing. My dad said, well, as long as we're coming clean about stuff. Oh, shit. Please, God, let me go deaf right now. What is this man going to tell me? No, please. No, 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 no. How do I change the subject? What can I say? He started in. Uh, you said Paula's donuts earlier, and I got to tell you about something that I do that I am not proud of. You know I like Tim Horton's coffee, right? Well, I hate, hate their donuts. So, long should I tell him this, pause. I go to Paula's, get a donut, and then sneak the donut into a Tim Horton's. I do. I really do. I put it right here inside my coat. It's a simple process, really. You hide them in your jacket. You have to duck into the back booth. You gotta be stealthy, though. You come in with a big bulk in your jacket. You got to be good at this. Does Paula read your blog? Now that's one for the bloggins. Write that one down, kid. <laughs> what a confession. The apple fritter certainly didn't fall far from this tree. I am my father's son, and even my grandfather's grandson, too. Two of a kind we are. I already had this entry started, entitled Two for the Road, with no content before we even left for this road trip. When Mancini's lavish Two for the Road blasted itself onto the Falcon, my dad said, ooh, this one is my favorite. No way! This was no coincidence. As long as love still wears a smile, I know that we'll be two for the road, and I hope for a long, long while. So that was about my dad and me. Um, my dad is still a lot the same. He is very sharp, but he's very slow. Uh, he has Parkinson's. I would say it's moderate. Um, he, he shuffles along. And uh, again, I want to be really respectful of my dad. But uh, driving to Florida is now out of the question because we shared, shared the driving. Um, I got to spend so much time with him. On the way back, 
to uh, Buffalo when we drove uh, in April, I was starting to move into uh, my depression and we didn't, I wasn't as lively. I wasn't blogging anymore. It's so weird. I, I was writing for three or four years and then um, after my um, depressive, my major depressive episode, I kind of lost the skill. I bet I still could write, but I, I really liked writing and uh, I, I got a chance to to share this with him. He loved reading it, although he was very upset about the Paula's Donuts, uh, Tim Horton uh, escapade, thinking it was going to get him in some sort of trouble. That's one for the bloggins, he said. Mm hmm. Both my parents read my blog, actually. Uh, so that was just a little way for me to, to tell you, my listeners, uh, about my parents while I still remember them this way. Those were the good old days. It, it's not like that now. None of this is like that now. I wonder if my dad remembers uh, these conversations. <laughs> he was so fucking funny. Oh, both my parents are so funny. They are. They are funny. Um, it's less funny these days, but um, it got me thinking about um, this little prayer I used to sing when I was uh, sing. I didn't sing my prayers, although I probably should have. This little prayer that I said, um, and when my parents would tuck me in, and I don't know if any of you are only children, but as an only child, your entire fucking world is your parents. It is you and your parents, the three of us. Yay, it's the Doyles, um, my mom and dad and me. Big Sean, Little Sean, and Grace. And we were this unit for years, years and years and years, even into my 20s and 30s. Uh, only Eric could break the spell. And then I added in Eric. And my parents were kind of weird about it at first. They were like, oh, this guy's coming along on the vacation or he's coming to dinner. Hmm. Interesting. But when once they realized Eric was like a permanent, he was, you know, here to stay. Uh, it definitely uh, expanded. Our, our lives expanded. But uh, so we used to uh, they used to tuck me in and we would say the, the horrifying, which I think is now changed. The now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. So every night for years, I would just pray it and die in my sleep. Uh, great. No wonder I struggle with anxiety and depression. But then I would say, God bless mommy and daddy and Sean, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, cousins, and all our friends. Although when I've been rethinking of it, I've been, I somehow I think there was an alternate version of, and all the saints. <laughs> Sometimes I would put all the saints in because I didn't really have any friends, to be honest. But uh, I think about that. God bless mommy and daddy and Sean. That was it. That was my whole world. And uh, it's, it's kind of falling apart now. And uh, I don't pray anymore. But there have been times helping my parents through things. There have been times in the ER. There have been times at the hospital where I just simply say to myself, God bless mommy and daddy and Sean. Because somewhere in my psyche, that's, that's, that's really all there, there is, or all there was anyway. It's all I knew for a really long time. And I think about Jackson and having Dada and daddy and, and Jackie and, and, and what? Maybe, maybe something else too? Maybe so, an addition? What? Coming to a podcast soon. Yeah, there's news. Anyway, keep it off Facebook. Um, but yeah, so God bless mommy and daddy and Sean. That's me. And I hope that you cherish your parents and let them know you love them and listen to 
Uh, go on a road trip if you can. They'll say some funny shit. Write down, keep a notebook of all the funny shit that they say. Because one day they're going to stop saying it. And you're going to be sad. And I don't want you to be sad. All right. So on that note, melancholy. That's okay. They don't all have to end with a, well, I'll still end with a, hey, I'll talk to you soon. And I love you. And I hope this uh, got you through your travels. Bye-bye.